Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. And this is something that hits me a couple of weeks back when um, Pastor Dami made a very simple but profound statement. Um, and so in, for those of us who may have missed it, this, this would help break it down, right? So in the beginning, in the beginning, right? For God's so God so world that he that gave he, his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, John 3, 16. Um, from this verse of scripture, we understand that salvation is to the end that we have eternal life. Um, no need to belabor this particular matter. I'm sure we're all on the same page, right? Um, and then we flip to John 17, 3, and we, we see that, uh, or we see Jesus say, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and the one you have sent. So from um, this scripture, we understand that eternal life is to know God. So, so to speak, tying statements one and statements two together, it would be that salvation is to the end that we know God, right? Great. So moving on, I, I forget that there is nobody answering me. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll get used to it. Third statement, um, we flip to First John 4 from verse 1. We see that whoever does not, thank you, Pedro, I see the right. Um, whoever does not love God, or whoever does not love, does not know God, for God is love, right? Um, and then I had to check, right, because, I mean, uh, the Bible was not written, as we all know, it wasn't written in English. So I, I had to check to be sure what love um, the what was specified in this particular verse, and the law was agape, the God kind of law. Right? It wasn't Eros, it wasn't Philia, it wasn't Sturge, it was agape. Right? So whoever does not love does not know God. So that brings me to tie, or tying these three statements together. To have eternal life is to love. So I'll, I'll take it a step back because I think I, I missed something in, in the third statement. I missed breaking down something in third statement. So it goes, whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love, which means to know God is to know love. And if you know God, you must love because whoever does not love does not know. God. So to know God is to love, right? So to have eternal life is to love. Like, for God to love is what that He gave that um for God to love the world that He gives only God's son that we may have eternal life. To have eternal life is to know God. To know God is to love. So to have eternal life is to love. The extent to which you have eternal life, Zoe, the God kind of life. I, I mean, at this point, it, it just started making sense. Like everything just started clicking. That's why they call it the God kind of life, right? It's determined by the extent to which you know God, which is witnessed in the extent to which you love, bear fruit. Right? And it just made so many things make sense. It's the reason why Jesus had to come because fruits don't fall on you. Fruits grow on trees. So a seed had to fall to the ground and perish, right? John 12, 24. I mean, I've been, in, I've been in, in debates where people are asking, oh, if God is all powerful, why couldn't he just um, 
wipe out the sins, sins of man? Like, did he have to send his son to come and die? I mean, for us to be able to bear fruit, seed had to fall, a seed had to fall to the ground and perish. Right? And I mean, we look at Romans 10, 14, how that, um, how shall they know um, except they hear? How shall they hear except someone is sent? So God had to send Jesus so that we can hear, so that we can know, so that we can bear fruit. Um, we love because he first loved us. His first loving us is, his loving us bore fruit, right? And that fruit bore seed, which is Jesus, or which was Jesus, which fell to the ground, who fell to the ground and died on our behalf, that we may bear fruit, right? Um, so in following the fruits don't just fall on you, statement right i mean i just started to look at the, the entire framework right so fruits don't just fall on you they grow on you you are not isaac newton sitting down under an apple tree i'm not sure it was an apple tree, it just said fruit but you're not isaac newton sitting down under a tree um and something and it falls on you right and neither can you lambano this one it's not something you i received right there's the there's a process i mean from the shell abroad factor which um Sadami really expatiated on um, in his teaching to so the being rooted and grounded in love, um, rooted and grounded in God's love. So then, and if you notice um, that being rooted and grounded in love, or love was a factor in that preceded most of the Pauline prayers. If you look at it from Ephesians 3, Ephesians 1, um, you see that love, faith, and love are two things that precede that prayer, right? And then um, adding to faith, adding to the belief that God loves you. Um, oh, I actually forgot to make the statement, the profound statement, or repeat the profound statement that Pastor Davi made uh, when I got to, to have eternal life is to love. And that statement is pretty simple. Like all of the Bible is God's love letter to creation, to man, right? It's, it's really, it's, it's as simple as it is profound. Right? Okay. So being back to fruits don't just fall on you. Being rooted and grounded in God's love, right? Uh, and then to that faith, to having received that good news that God loves you, God gave himself for you, and you are a new creation in him. To that faith, you add virtue, knowledge, brother, self-control, temperance. Um, and then eventually, which is the last thing, funny enough, on that list in Second Peter, is love, agape which is the fruit right so it almost seems like there's a shadow broad factor which where um the seed is planted in your heart then you then grow being rooted and grounded in god's love and as you grow you add to your faith virtue knowledge and all those things and the end result of that is that you produce the god kind of love which is the fruit um and it's really interesting because it then makes sense or romans eight twenty eight then makes more sense how that let me just quickly flip there. Um, okay, actually, I think it's a pretty common scripture, so everybody should know it's how that um, God has predestined those for, to, to them who love God, all things work together. For those who he called, he foreknew, and those who he foreknew, he predestined, that they may be conformed into the image of his dear son, right? Conformed or transformed, I think transformed. Um, into, into the image of, of his, his, conformed, conformed to the image of his dear son, right? So, the fact that you have the seed and you are rooted and grounded in God's love. That's why 
uh, all things work together for those who, who love God, right? So you yeah, have in God's love. That seed would automatically grow into producing the tree which would produce the fruit. Because locked up within the seed is the blueprint and DNA for growth. Um, so it's not it's it's in there by design. That that DNA, that growth structure, that growth pattern is locked up within the seed. So as long as the seed remains rooted and grounded in God's love, that seed will grow um, to the point to which it produces fruit. I recall in uh, Pastor Midi's session where she spoke to this. I think we're facing the same uh, Second Peter, I think verse eight, uh, when in that the um, the Passion translation spoke to this. I locked up, uh, spoke to the fact that these virtues are already locked up within us, right? So the growth pro the growth process is um, similar to those who carve sculptures from stone or from wood uh, but I'll, I'll we'll get there in a bit right um but there's there's a key thing to take note of in from first from second peter 1 8 um so i think we should actually just we should read it um, second peter 1 we'll probably start from 5 uh second peter 1 let's start from 5 we'll go all the way to 9 um but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherliness, kindness, to, to godliness brotherly kindness, which is a kind of love actually, but it's the it's the brotherly love, um, and to brotherly kindness love. Now this love here is agape, God kind of love. For if these things are you are yours, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be in neither barren or fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he, um, and then verse 9, which is where I'm going to for this next point. Um, verse 9, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Um, so recall how um, in our earlier definitions of, or in earlier comparisons between the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit, we see that the works of the flesh are selfish and often myopic, right? They cannot see afar off. Like it's a here and now, I want it now, give it to me. Well, them not. <laughs> I, I want it now, I desire this for my pleasure. It's self-centered it's myopic right so he who lacks these things cannot is is blind and cannot see afar so he who lacks these things will be unfruitful and will likely produce works of the flesh and not fruit not the fruit of the spirit um so just as a side note now we're we're moving back on to the fruit um so in the growth journey we see that um these things that are listed in second peter from verse one so these things um like virtue knowledge self-control perseverance are sort of because they are things you add we could we could act we could view them akin to mpk or 
Um, I've forgotten what the, the term is now, manure fertilizers, right? That aid the growth and the maturing of the deliver onto the production of works. Um, and in the, sorry, into the production of fruit, beg your pardon. And in the production of fruit, one thing we learned from John 15 to, and I think Pastor Mide referenced this during her session, is that it's fruits over looks. And, and this would, this also sort of speaks to the myopic tendency of human beings or of, of the flesh, the myopic tendencies of the flesh. So in John 15 too, um, the, Jesus speaks of um, the branch that produces fruit, that branch he would prune such that it will produce more fruit, right? It appears counterintuitive in the short term. Like, this is the branch that is doing well. Why are you cutting the branch? Say the branch is producing fruit. Why are you removing the leaves, right? Uh, but looking at it circumspectly tells a different and more comprehensive story. Um, it tells the story that, or it paints the picture that there is a long-term vision to the well-being and development of the tree and the production of fruit as opposed to what the tree looks like. And this is something that I think um, uh, Mr. Dami also touched on, right? When he, he referenced the, 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 the story of the fig tree. Fruits over leaves because fruits have seeds. In addition to the nourishment that fruits provide, they have the ability to reproduce after themselves. So typically locked up in a fruit would be quite a number of seeds that could be planted elsewhere, germinate and grow into trees and also produce fruit. So if you're looking at it as the owner of the farm or the owner of, of the plantation of the garden, you would prioritize prioritize fruits over looks. It's why, um, so how would, I, how would I put this now before I go into the why? Leaves are good, leaves are great. Leaves are, as Dami put it last week, leaves are what would attract one to a person, so to speak. I mean, Jesus saw the fig tree, it had lots of leaves, and he approached the fig tree, right? Um, but leaves can, become distracting leaves are short-term in the sense that when leaves cut off for example when they cut they, they, they have a the leaves on, on a, a tree will typically have a lifespan and when they cut off they wither and die right but fruits even if the fruit would i say gets overripe but it's not plucked or eaten the seed there can remain in hibernation for years until it is in the right environment and then it would germinate. Seeds are more long-term, leaves are short-term. I mean, if you take a look at the, the farming in Egypt, you see that what Joseph recommended that they store were grains, seeds that they could plant. You can see that towards the end of the famine, when people came, uh, when people came to, to Joseph as prime minister, they were asking for the grains as seeds so that they could plant, right? Um, seeds are good in the sense that they attract people, but we would not, or God does not prioritize leaves. Sorry, I said seeds. I meant leaves. Leaves are good in the sense that they attract people, but God does not prioritize 
leaves over fruits. He prioritizes fruits over leaves. Um, so, I mean, Jesus came to the tree that had lots of leaves, but when he found no fruit, he cursed the tree, telling you what is, is more important. And um, I, I think I'll speak to this in, in more detail later on, but the, the, when I say the sin of Esau, for lack of better terms at, at the time, is that he prioritized the short term over the long term. He was hungry now. Like he was hungry in the now, and, and I can imagine what sort of hunger he was. Um, because I mean, the consideration for him at the time was, what use is my birthright if I perish? Right, because like he was that hungry. Um, so when when we have, um, or when we're going through situations that seems like there is a pruning, that seems like there is a a there is a I, I wouldn't want to say lack, so to speak. That it it appears as though there is a lack in that period. It may not necessarily, may not necessarily be a lack. One thing we learned from the, from the story of the fig tree is that the presence or absence of leaves, the presence or absence of results, so to speak, is not an indication of the presence or absence of fruit. It's not a tell. You can have a lot of leaves. You may seem all packaged, but no fruit. And the reverse is also similar. You may, you, you may look like, and I'm trying to find the exact phrase that Pastor used to explain this before, because I think this was, he, he, taught, he touched on this, not, not just touched, he taught on this during the, was it Kappa? I, I'm not certain. I think, was it Kappa? I think it was Kappa. Uh, during the Kappa series, um, how that God may look at somebody going through a tough time and see someone who is complete and lacking nothing. But we on the outside, because we do not see leaves, think, oh, this person is living a, a fruitful, fruitless life, right? So the presence or absence of leaves is not an indicator. It's not a tell. It's not what you determine whether or not your life is being fruitful, right? What determines or what, what the tell is, is about the nature of your character, the nature of your experiences. And I think I'll, I'll reference something uh, Dami said last week. When he was, I think when in opening, he was talking about how that behind every power, there is a nature, right? And behind the expression of the power, there is a revelation, revelation of the spirit behind, of the nature of the spirit behind that expression or that manifestation. I was using the, um, the story of the or the um, Moses' encounter with the burning bush as the example, right? But here's here's a, an interesting thing, right? Is that leaves, multiple trees may have similar leaves. So there are certain leaves that when you see, they could look like a mango tree leaf. But what the tell is as to whether this is a mango tree, whether this person is walking in, in the God kind of life, whether this person is actually living a life of love, is not the leaves which look like it, but the fruit. It's not necessarily the cars, the houses, the money, the 
be all of that. But the character and nature that is behind that expression or manifestation. Right. Um, so in, in a fruit, or the fruit contains the DNA of the, of the tree, or the DNA, of, yeah, the DNA of the tree, the DNA of the seed, right? Um, so I think with this few thoughts here and there, I'll, I'll close with, with, a, with these following thoughts, like having been through these teachings and my attempts to summarize and tie a couple of things together, picking here and there, here, here are a few thoughts that I, I would want to close out with. Um, and I think the first thought really is keep calm and look good right because encoded within the seed which is in you is the blueprint for growth um i mean as Dami has has references to many times how that god is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure because his seed is in us and, and romans 8 gives us um gives us the assurance that hey all things work together for good to them that love god so it's almost like uh this is me now picking on on what pastor media said it's almost like god is the gardener and you are in his garden it's a controlled environment he is arranging and tweaking temperature humidity to ensure that the seed which is in you germinates and produces fruit and this fruit that okay that's something that I, I forgot to mention but this fruit that is in you when you interact with others okay i think i did mention it when you interact with others it spoils them on it reproduces of itself in another right as opposed to works of the flesh that provokes or irritates the other person having come to a, a fruitful interaction with a believer what that would do is is it stimulates, catalyzes, and has the ability to produce of itself in another person. It's one of the reasons why the gospel, as simple as it is, is one of the most powerful things on this earth. Because the gospel in itself, as a good message, is that seed that can reproduce itself a thousand time, times over. Right? So first bit, keep calm and love God. It's sure for you. Encoded within the seed that is in you is a growth roadmap, is a blueprint for growth to ensure that you produce fruit. And then the second bit would be to embrace the experience. Um, this would reference something um, Dami also mentioned last week, how that there are certain things you don't learn by knowing, you learn by doing. Like no matter how much you read, no matter how much you watch, no matter how much you listen, you can't truly learn these things until you do these things. And these things include pruning. Um, and with, with embrace the experience, it's not just to go through the motions. Yes, God will create the, envir will create the environmental factors. He's a gardener, he'll condition the environment. But there is the place of intentionality. And I think Pastor Michael spoke to this, how that when we became new creatures, um, 
the new creature there was the spirit man. We have to submit our minds and we have to submit our bodies, right? Um, and the funny thing about being intentional is is that um, well, not necessarily funny, but I was having a conversation uh, a I think about a week ago. How that people generally or we tend to have reflex reactions to certain things, right? Um, and if we stay within those reflex reactions, they become more ingrained. Those pathways become more and more used, and then it becomes harder to to pull out or change. But with the help of the spirit and intentionality, it is possible to rework and rewire those neural pathways. Um, so whenever something comes, whenever something happens, whenever you're engaged in something or something comes across your path, there is that. Always take that moment to pause, think, reflect. I mean, you could have acronyms like WWJD or um, there's another one I heard a while back. I can't, I can't remember now. But where you are intentional about the process and not just reacting, right? I mean, the Bible speaks to how that we should not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed. Conformation is passive. So if you are see, if you are trying to mold a piece of clay, right? And clay is being molded by um, conformation. The, the clay itself is passive. It's just reacting to different pressures applied to it. Transformation, on the other hand, is active. It's an inside-out sort of process, right? Um, so moving on, I have two more thoughts to share. Um, and I think one that I think I've, I've already emphasized earlier is that the grass is greener on your side. Um, but whether or not the grass is green or greener or brown, that is not an indication of fruitfulness or barrenness. All right, so no need to go looking around to see whose grass is green, whose grass is brown. Uh, who is, who, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. So no need to go looking around to see whose grass is greener than your own or browner than your own. Or, and even though, even though, even though. Um, the leaves are not the cocoa, right? Um, what you should pay attention to is the added addition to your faith, addition to that um, belief and acceptance of God's understanding of God's love for you, addition to your faith, virtue, knowledge, perseverance, and all of that, right? Um, and then the last bit would be to protect your seed or tree. Um, and this will be picking from the parable of, of sower, right? Um, how that a, a sower came out to sow. Um, and then some fell by the wayside, some grew on rocky ground, some got choked by the cares of this world. Um, but hey, protect your seed, right? Do not become short-sighted. Do not exchange your birthright for uh, a pot of stew. Do not exchange that the joy which is set before you. Um, the transformation of your being into the image of his dear son. Not exchange that for the surface level and very flighty and cheap pleasures of this life, the cheap thrills. The funny thing with, with the Esau story, I think it's something I've, I've been, or my mind has been going to every now and then, is that we have the gift of hindsight to say that it was a stupid bargain, right? But at the time, 
in the moment, it was a very worthy bargain. Like, I... <laughs> Let me go down that road. But in, in, the, in the moment, it was, a, it was a very worthy bargain. He was about to die. He was about to perish. Um, and at the time, his birthright didn't seem as important from a myopic point of view. Looking, because we have the benefit of hindsight, we can look at the story circumspectly and say, oh, that was actually a very key moment. That was actually a very, um, that, that was, that was um, <laughs> would I say, a God incident for, for Jacob, right? Um, so I said that to say that in your everyday work, in your everyday life, um, as you come across situations, as you come across um, challenges, um, every, every moment like a God incident. I'm sure Esau didn't realize at the time he sold his birthright that that thing was going to come back and haunt him, right? Again, works of the flesh are very myopic in the short term, they're selfish. Works of the spirit on the, uh, uh, fruit, the fruit of the spirit on the other hand is selfless, is circumspect, is thinking long-term. Um, so, I mean, add to your faith, and as long as the things are in you and abound, you will surely, doubtless, um, cast, uh, doubtless you will come back or you would, you would bear fruit, fruit according to the measure of grace I'm given. Thank you very much for having me this evening. I hope you have been blessed. blessed. I hope you have been edified. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Parkpoint Tribe.